0: Rebel Love Podcast, where each week I'll bring you a new episode exploring love, sex, relationships, and money. Join me as together we question, explore, and strive to understand. Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the Rebel Love Podcast. I'm your host, Talia, and today my guest is Ariel Ford. Arielle is a leading personality in the personal growth and contemporary spirituality movement. Our mission is to help women find love, keep love, and be love. Welcome Arielle.
1: How are you? Thank you. I'm good. How are you?
0: Good, thanks. I'm excited to speak with you today because we're going to be discussing everything soulmates, which is something that I'm very interested in and I know that a lot of other people are as well. But before we get into the juicy nitty gritty, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into your line of work helping women?
1: <laughs> it was uh, not on my to-do list. I can tell you that I spent most of my life working in publishing as both a literary agent and a book publicist. And I specialized in self-help and personal growth and spirituality. So for many years, I worked with Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, Marion Williamson, Neil Donald Walsh, Don Miguel Ruiz, pretty much everybody in the space. And along the way, I woke up one day at the age of 43 and realized I'd forgotten to get married. So wow. I decided to take everything I knew about manifesting and apply it to my love life to see if it would work. And it worked. It worked brilliantly and actually rather quickly. And uh, it was about within 18 months I was married. I actually met my soulmate within six months. We got engaged three weeks later. and a year after that we had three weddings. And three weddings. Wow. (laughs) Yes, I decided I wanted three weddings. It's like a whole different interview, but they were great. And I had no intention of becoming a love expert on any level whatsoever. But I, I sort of became the poster child for women over 40 looking for love. And they all started to ask me, well, how did you do it? And so I started to share the information and one thing led to another and it became a book and the book's called The Soulmate Secret. That became an international bestseller. And I started getting requests, you know, to come lead workshops and be a speaker. And, you know, before I knew it, it took over my life and I, you know, closed up my business and decided to commit my life to something all new, which was finding love, keeping love and being loved. So that's what I've been doing for the last 15 years now. I've been doing this full time and it's great. It's great to be able to share what I know that big, big love is possible for absolutely everybody.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so glad you said that because I know that a lot of people who I speak to definitely want to and at some level really need to hear that because I think especially as you get older, that panic sort of rises in your body and in your being, and, and, and I don't know that that panic necessarily is, is attracting the right people into your Oh, no, it's repelling form.
1: them. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's yeah, yeah. Repelling them. Well, there's a lot of myths out there. So, so let's do something. Let's, let me first define what a soulmate is. Yes, please. Okay. And then I can dispel a lot of the myths that people are living with. So, so I believe that a soulmate is first and foremost, somebody you can completely be yourself with, somebody with whom you share unconditional love, And when you look into their eyes, you have the feeling of being home. So if you accept that definition, the really great news is is that we all have many soulmates. It could be our parents, our siblings, our kids, our best friends, our coworkers, our cats, our dogs. But all of us have people that fit the soulmate definition. And so one of the fastest ways to manifest a romantic soulmate is by having a daily gratitude practice you thank the universe every single day for the abundance of love you already have in your life. Because when you have your attention on how much love you already have, your heart becomes magnetic to bringing in romantic love.
0: I love that. I love that. And that's something really easy that we can implement like today. Yes,
1: today. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Wow. And I mean, I'm a huge advocate of gratitude anyway. I definitely i practice that every morning and i don't allow myself to turn my phone off airplane mode until i practice gratitude so it's a good problem <laughs> there <laughs> so how do we know if we've met someone who is our romantic soulmate is this kind of like a is well, there a sign okay
1: so well most people at least women i don't know about men but most women live in this crazy fantasy that the moment i meet my real true soulmate i'm going to know And nothing could be further from the truth. 99.9% of human beings do not know on the first date or the second date, not even to the fifth date, do they even have any real attraction. So you're not going to know. Now, if you do find somebody with whom you have some chemistry and communication and connection and compatibility, and you find that you have the shared vision for the future, all of which are the elements to a long term happy relationship then once you've known them for a year and you've been in an exclusive relationship with them for a year, that's when you can start to decide, well, are they my soulmate? Mm
0: -hmm. Okay,
1: you really need to know somebody for that long. You have to make sure you've met their family and friends and your family and friends have met them and everybody's all on the same page that this is a good relationship for you because you don't get to know instantly. And if you think you know instantly, what you do know is that you have some hot chemistry going, but the hot chemistry is going to burn off. It's not going to last. And it's zero indication that they have the capacity to be the kind of partner you deserve. Mm,
0: oh my gosh. I love that. Thank you so much. There's So much clarity. Wow. Um, so with the, again, on the romantic soulmate, um, I mean, you kind of, maybe you just answered it in that in that question, but So let's say we get to the year, we get to that point and we decide that maybe you know there's some elements missing. I don't think they are our soulmate. First of all, how do we step out of that? And then how do we find someone who is our romantic soulmate?
1: So where you want to begin is by having a list that has your must-haves and your deal breakers. So let's say your must-haves, I'm going to make some up for you. You absolutely want somebody who leads a healthy lifestyle right you mm-hmm. want somebody who wants to have children because you want to have a family mm-hmm. you live near the beach you're a beach girl you don't want to go live in the mountains you want to live at the beach right and mm-hmm. and you aren't a workaholic you want a good life work balance those are like your must haves right mm-hmm. and your deal breakers are like no addicts right you don't want anybody who's high drama or high maintenance or somebody who's agoraphobic because your your passport's your prized possession. Mm-hmm. So you have to figure out like what are my biggest, strongest values? What do I have to have in my life? And what do I have to make sure I never have in my life? Right? So you've got to have that kind of clarity before you even think about dating. And that way, as you're dating and you're getting to know somebody, you know, if you meet somebody who's been divorced three times, already has seven kids from four different women right? You know that they don't have the capacity, probably don't even have the money to have the kind of life you want to have, right? So this is, you're sorting them out along the way before you're making any kind of commitment to be in a long-term monogamous relationship because you know what your core happiness values are. Like for me, when I was doing this, the number one must-have for me was generosity. Now, I didn't need him to be generous with his wallet. I had a very successful business. I was making plenty of money. I needed a man who was generous with his love, time, affection, appreciation, somebody for whom I would be the center of the universe. That was the most important thing to me because when I looked back to my past relationships and what I, my big complaint about them was that I was always attracted to men who I call captains of the universe. guys who had more ambition than me. But the problem with guys like that is they have no time for you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really needed. I needed, some, I needed a reformed captain of the universe. And that's exactly what I ended up with. I had somebody who went out, had accomplished everything and discovered it didn't make them happy who really wanted a, a hardcore partnership, somebody to share his life with and to travel with. And our 22nd anniversary is next week.
0: Wow. That's so exciting. One of the things that really stood out to me when you were telling me that story was that you attracted, you manifested him. So can we talk a little bit about that? Because I feel like a lot of people just fall into relationships. Like They, they yeah. find somebody and they just fall into it. And then they're like, they wake up and then they're like, hang on a second, this is not what, this is not what I intended and then they're right. too far in. Well that,
1: that's why the clarity is so important. You need to know before it's just like if you were going to be looking for a job, would you just take any job? No, you know that you know your specialty is online marketing and you need to be making six figures a year with a great benefit package and lots of paid vacation and you want to work in an office. You don't want to work from home, you want to work in an office. You like the, you know, you have all these criteria. Mm-hmm. Before you even go on the first interview. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's just like walking into the coffee shop. You don't walk in and say to the barista, you know what, I'm thirsty. <laughs> Who does that? No, you That's walk in and true. say, you know, I'd like a I'd like a tall half calf, decaf, soy latte with two stevia and extra foam.
0: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: And then three minutes later you get your perfect cup of coffee. That's what manifesting is. So it's having clarity. And then knowing a bunch of different tools to go out and date and sort. Now, the thing about this is you could have all the clarity in the world, but if you're living inside of a belief system such as, I'm too old, I'm too fat, I'm too damaged, all the good ones are taken, the one that was got away. If those are what's driving you, you know, God could place your soulmate at your feet and you wouldn't see him because you're not ready. So part of getting ready is accepting the fact that you are damaged goods. Okay? We all are. We're all, imp- we're all perfectly imperfect. And your soulmate is going to be perfectly imperfect. And you need to just accept who you are right now. I didn't say you have to love every bit of yourself. This whole self-love movement is just a way for people to get rich that are teaching it. Nobody loves themselves 100%. What you want to do is make sure you're not into self-loathing, in which case you need therapy, but that you understand when you have a negative thought about yourself, you could just cancel it out. You could just say, oh, I know that voice. That's not true. Cancel, cancel, and go on to the next thing. Or, you know, my dear friend Wayne Dyer had the best line of all. He used to say, don't believe every thought that you have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just because you think all the good ones are taken, bullshit, it's not true. Just because you believe you had the one and he left you, that there isn't another, not true. There are 7.5 billion people alive on the planet. Half of them are single. There's no shortage of potential partners for you. Mm -hmm. This myth that we each only get one big love in a lifetime is not true. And in fact, the other thing to know is that let's say you were married for 20 years to somebody you thought was your soulmate and you had children with them, and then they left you. It doesn't mean they weren't your soulmate. All it means is that that relationship had an expiration date on it and that there's another soulmate out there for you. So the most important thing single people need to do is to put on their big girl panties or their big boy shorts and start to realize that love is about being an emotionally mature adult. Mm -hmm. You know, and we all have these negative thoughts. Oh, I'm not going to get the job, or I'll never have enough money to do this, or I don't deserve to have that. It's normal. People have these thoughts, but you can't let it rule your life.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. This is so helpful. I feel like there's there's so many people living in those prisons of, I I won't find him. He doesn't exist. I'm too old to do this, to that.
1: You know, let me show you a picture. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a quick story and then I'm going to show, I just pulled this out today and I'll tell you why in a second. So, so my mother-in-law uh, was married for 55 years and then her husband, Wayne, died. And so she was single for five years and well, she had this dog, this dog, Noodles. So it was crazy, but she was alone and she called me up one day and she said, I'm ready for a relationship. And I said to her, but Peggy, you're 80. And she said, does that matter? And I said, well, I guess not. And so I gave her sort of the crash course in soulmate secret manifesting. A week later, she called me up and she said, I have a date for lunch tomorrow. I was like, you do? How did that happen? And she said, oh, this younger friend of mine came over last night with her laptop. And I'm gonna give you her exact words. She took me on the world wide web And we went to a place called Match.com. Have you ever heard about it? And I said, yes, Peggy, I have. And she said, well, there were three men in my category, the over 80 category. And one of them was a widower named John, who was a retired lawyer, like my dear departed Wayne. And she sent some information about me to John with my phone number, because of course, you know, I have no computer. I don't do email and he called me this morning and we talked for three hours and we're going to lunch tomorrow. Well, lunch turned into dinner, turned into weekends together. They went on a trip from Portland, Oregon to a cruise around Australia together. Then he proposed, then they bought a cottage together on the grounds of an assisted living facility and they had the most wonderful romance until he died of congested heart failure and she died of cancer. And I want to show you a picture of them.
0: Oh my gosh, that is so
1: sweet. Oh my gosh, they look so happy. Now, now I want you to notice. Now, Peggy's 80 years old. Now, she's she's not 80 like Jane Fonda's 80. She's a grandma, right? Like Mm -hmm. all of us have. So the story that I'm too old or I'm too fat or all the good ones are taken, Peggy is total proof that's not true. And I have like 10,000 other stories just like that. But I, I pulled that, I was cleaning something today and I found that picture. I thought, oh, I'm going to have to show it to Talia.
0: Yeah, wow. I, you know, I, I just love hearing those stories. I mean, it sounds like she had such a great attitude though. She let herself heal. She gave herself that time. And then she was like, all right, you know what? I've got life left. Let's live it.
1: That's right. You know, and it, tur- it turned out great. And what was really interesting was that she said to me, she said, you know, the thing that I like most about John is that he's everything that Wayne was. And she said, Wayne was a good husband and a good father and a good provider. But like men of his generation, he wasn't very expressive. Mm-hmm. And he goes, John tells me every day how beautiful I am, how sexy I am, how much he loves to be with me. And he loves to converse with me. He's very chatty and talkative. So she had two soulmates in her lifetime, two very different men, but that's what she needed at that time in her life. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, wow. I love that. And I, I really love that as well. You know, trying all the, the different flavors. Like, why not have somebody who has those different traits that you haven't get, gotten to experience before? Because I feel like when you're around different people, they also evoke different parts of you. So you get to be this new version of you that was always there, but maybe it just yeah. never came out so much. My,
1: my friend Alison Armstrong, who's a great relationship teacher, she says that women have to stop looking for the hairy version of themselves. You're not looking for somebody who's just like you, Mm -hmm, right? You mm -hmm. want somebody, you know, you need to know what your traits are. You want somebody who's kind and compassionate and devoted and fun to be with. And, you know, if you're athletic, you know, will they, you know, will they go skiing with you? That's why you have to really think this through. You just don't want to leave it to chance. You don't want to go to the coffee guy and say, I'm thirsty.
0: Right. Yeah. You need to that.
1: place your order with the universe.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So, so I'm feeling like the first step is just get clear. Get clear yeah, on what is it is that clarity.
1: you want. Clarity. Clarity is absolutely essential. And then you have to manage your mind manage your beliefs. So Law of Attraction 101 states, we draw to us the people, places, and experiences that match our state of being. So if our state of being is... I'm loved, I'm lovable, love is there for me, that will be your experience. You know, if you're thinking, oh, I'm a loser when it comes to love, it's too late for me, that will be your experience. So one of the ways to make manifesting work for you is to put yourself on a daily basis into the feeling state of love and gratitude. That's why gratitude is so important. And Feelings don't happen in your head, which is why visualizations don't work. You know, we all know how to visualize. Oh, I'm visualizing myself driving down the freeway in a convertible BMW. All those pretty pictures in your head. Oh, I can smell the leather seats. I can feel the wooden wheel, you know, as I'm driving. But your feeling state is, I can't afford it. I don't deserve it. I'm never going to get it. So your feelings are wiping out your thinking. So I. Coined a term called feelingization, where I take people with a closed eye guided thing from their head to their heart. We go into the heart, we re experience feelings of love and appreciation and gratitude, and then we drop in our desire for love and start to imagine what it feels like when you're with your soulmate. What is that joy and excitement and exuberance and satisfaction and safety? Feel like and be in that feeling state. And that's the place from which you manifest.
0: Wow. And if you're feeling that every day and, you re- and you're practicing these things, I know I would, it would just become more like second nature. And then that person would step into your life.
1: Right. And I have recorded dozens of these and I give them away for free on my website. So if anybody wants to try these out, they're usually about eight minutes long. They're totally free. Uh, it's soulmatesecret.com, soulmatesecret.com. And there's a tab that says free stuff. (laughs) So go to free stuff and check it out.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. So what happens if you find yourself in one of those relationships that you just fell into? So for somebody who's listening to this, maybe they're like, oh my gosh, I I didn't manifest. I just fell. And now I'm here. Um, is Is there a possibility to change that relationship into a soulmate type of relationship? Or is that something where you're kind of like, okay, you need to reassess?
1: You know, I think that sounds like a lot of work, you know? I mean, if you're someone who wants children and they don't, there's no fixing that, yeah. right? If you're somebody who, you know, got out of rehab the week after you met them, you know, do you want to plan your life with somebody who's been in and out of rehab 13 times? Is that going to work for you? Maybe it is, you know, maybe you're a therapist and you want to save people. I don't know. But you have to understand that just because something's good enough, is that how you want to spend the rest of your life? I mean, if there's key parts of your heart that aren't being served, because you, you're not going to change anybody ever, right? Like my stepfather always used to say to me, if the relationship isn't perfect before the wedding, run. Because it only gets harder from there. Yeah, so if good. you Thanks. fell into something and there's, there's a part of you that's yearning for more, and you've asked for more, and more's not coming, then just know, you know, nothing is ever going to change. This is as much as you're getting. And is that how you want to live? Or are you staying because you have some story in your head that, well, there's nobody better out there because you don't know how you're going to find them. And the most frustrating thing about working with the law of attraction is that you never get to know how, ever. You know, God doesn't come down and Make promises to you. And I think, given what we've all been through in the last few months with quarantine and all that's going on in the world, it's time where we all get really comfortable with uncertainty. All right. Mm -hmm. Because right now, there's no one alive on the planet that has any answers. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows when things are going to get better or if they're going to get better. Nobody knows, not one person. So, what can you do today, you know, to say, you know what? I'm important enough to myself that I'm, you know, I'm not going to settle for just good enough. I want extraordinary big love. And if that means you want a partner who is going to sing you to sleep, then get a partner that sings you to sleep.
0: I love that. I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we we do have a little bit more time. So uh, after the clarity piece, the clarity is the first piece to getting, to starting this manifestation. So what, what comes after the clarity, like the calling in, how do we call in um, our soulmate?
1: Well, that's what the feelingizations are about. So that's about, you know, doing the gratitude process every day, taking time to get into the feeling state. What does it feel like? Like, okay, let's talk about quantum physics for a second. So in quantum physics, we know a couple of things. We know that there is no time. There's no past and there's no future. There's just this now moment. The other thing we know is that we all coexist in a field. And in this field, we were, we're all connected to everything and everybody. Those are two parts of quantum physics that are undeniable. Now, Because there's no time and because we're already in a field, you are already connected to your soulmate. At the unseen plane, your soulmate's not missing. They just haven't manifested for you in the 3D world. And one of the processes I teach is called love before first sight. It's a feelingization. It's free on my site. It's called the golden cord feelingization where I take you through a process where you meet your soulmate. On the unseen plane. And once you meet them, you can go and spend time with them every single day. I did this when I was manifesting my soulmate, when I was manifesting Brian. I didn't know his name. I didn't know. I was in San Diego. I didn't know he lived in Portland. But every day I spoke to him, every single day. And on the day that we met in person for the first time, it was at a business meeting. We had this connection that was so intense that everybody else at the meeting saw it as well. Wow. Now, even though we had this strong connection, you know, I also knew not only did I not know his last name, I didn't know anything about him, you know, and I was at this point 44. I was not going to be letting myself run away with all the great feelings of being in love and chemistry because. I was looking for a lifelong partner. I needed to actually get to know, is this somebody who has a shared vision for the future that I want to have? So that's why we spent a year getting to know each other before we got married.
0: I love that. I love that. Oh. So you just got to explore with each other. Oh, can you tell us a little bit about your experience? I, I really think that that's, you know, since everything was kind of built on that.
1: Well, it, it was really hard for me because... You know, for one thing, it was a long distance relationship.
0: That's tough. You
1: know? And he was really busy. He was traveling all over the country. And this was, email had just come into being on AOL with dial-up. Okay, that's how yeah. long ago this was. <laughs> this is the mid '90s. A long time ago. <laughs> you know, so our everything sort of really began on the phone. Lots of long talks on the phone. And for me, it was really important that he meet my family because. I was a package deal. It wasn't just me. If you didn't get along with my mother and my sister, it was never going to work out. He also had to be a cat lover because I've always had cats. I love cats. If he had been allergic to cats, it would have never worked out. So I had... I didn't just have must-haves and deal breakers. I had a list that was forty-eight items long. Now I don't. I don't recommend doing that anymore. And by the way, I got forty-six of the forty-eight things I asked for. Wow, I was, was going to ask it that. Over, it was overkill, <laughs> you know. But there are things that I think everybody should be asking for. One is, here's the most important. You want a soulmate who is open, willing, and available for a long-term, committed monogamous marriage or relationship if you're not looking for marriage right that's number one you know because you could meet somebody who you think is it but if they're married to somebody else they're never going to be it so open willing and available that wants a monogamous relationship if that's what you want and i'm not a big fan of some of the other stuff polyamory and stuff like that it doesn't work you know then you want somebody who's geographically desirable You know, like I knew that part of my list was somebody who either lived in San Diego within 50 miles of me or was willing to move. Well, he was willing to move. You know, I wanted somebody who loved to walk because I go for walks every single day. So my vision was I'd have somebody to walk with. You know, so, you know, and traveling was always very big. And he had more stamps in his passport than I did. So, you know, that's why you have to do sort of this. Interrogation of your own soul. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're not good you don't need everything to be in total alignment, you know. You're a golfer, but he's not. That's fine. You know, he wants to play soccer, you wanna do this. He wants to watch sports on the weekend, you could care less. Great, just figure out what 15 minutes every weekend are you willing to sit and be company during a game or something like that. You know, you mm-hmm. wanna you wanna be interested in what they're interested in, but you don't need to be twins.
0: Right. Actually. So just expanding on that. Yeah. How much, how much wiggle room is there within that framework that when we do that searching? So if, you know, obviously if someone wants to have children and someone doesn't want to, that's obviously a pretty big deal breaker, but if, if every single thing's in alignment, but they don't like cats,
1: <laughs> then well, for me, I knew cats would be a deal, not loving cats would be a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, it just would. Ever since I was a baby, I've had cats. They're like mm-hmm. they're you know, that I'm a writer. The cat's my muse. I have to have cats. So that would have been a deal breaker. Yeah,
0: right. But right. That's, okay.
1: That's why you put it into the must-haves and the deal breakers. And if you have four or five must-haves and four or five deal breakers, that's pretty much enough, you know. The things I would leave off, like you don't want to say, Okay, my soulmate earns a quarter of a million dollars a year. Right. Okay, why is that not pop necessary? well, if you look what's happened to the economy, at least in my country, you know, they could have been fired and have no. So what you want, what you must have is somebody who's financially responsible Right. Mm-hmm. because money comes and goes, the market right. goes up and down, jobs come and go. So the actual amount they're earning is not guaranteed, mm-hmm. you know, but financial responsibility after a certain age can't be taught. Yeah. That's, that's a value that you want to share you know, those kinds of things. I have one friend who who was a total vegan, only wears organic cotton clothes, you know, woo-woo, new age to the max, went to her 20-year high school reunion, ran into her high school boyfriend who, uh, you know, the chemistry was still there. They had both had divorces. They got together. Now here she is, Miss New Age, woo-woo, super careful about everything she eats or puts on her body or cleaning products recycled toilet paper, the whole nine yards. And this guy smokes pot, smokes cigarettes, motorcycle repairman, has a lot of hunting rifles and a hunting dog and goes hunting every morning. The good news is he doesn't kill anything he doesn't eat and consume. Now you would think, how could this ever work? Right. And they just had their 10th anniversary. They couldn't be happier. She was accepting him for who he is because he's a good man, doesn't share her spiritual values, but it doesn't matter because he's conscious. He's a conscious man who lives his life on purpose and he treats her like a queen. Right. Mm -hmm. But if she was like Mm -hmm. a lot of LA New Age girls, oh no, I could never be with somebody who does that. No, that's just very judgmental. Yeah. Well, for him, spirituality. Is walking through the forest at sunrise, hearing the leaves crunch beneath his boots. Mm-hmm. You know, or coaching little league, or driving a yeah. mother to the doctor. You know, so you, you know, one of the things to really look out for is where am I being judgmental, or where am I being spiritually arrogant? Mm-hmm.
0: And and I and I also like to think about where am I? What am I missing? Where am I missing the beauty? Yes. I, I was seeing someone who he really found joy in the little things and it was such a beautiful reminder. He would just do things like he'd get up in the morning with his slippers on and his dressing gown and he would like potter downstairs and have a cup of coffee and he found joy in these small things Or he'd go and sit outside and he'd really slow down. And I really loved, I really loved those moments because I was like, oh, it's such a nice reminder. So it's kind of like, how can I find joy in the things you're doing? And if I can't find joy... What's going on there? Am I being judgmental, or am I missing something?
1: Right. And one of the things to think about is: Am I a better woman because I'm with him? Is he right. a better man because he's with me? Because you really want to uplift each other. Because what we're looking for here is a best friend, you know, a lover, a cheerleader, a safe place to land. You know, we were talking about earlier. Well, how do you know if they're your soulmate? Well, the first question you want to ask yourself is Do I feel physically and emotionally safe with them? You know, on Maslow's chart, safety is the number one thing all humans need. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're with somebody who's got a really bad temper and you're walking on eggshells and you don't feel safe, it's not going to ever get any better. And do you want to spend your life in this, you know, adrenaline fueled thing like, oh my God, what did I do? What did I say now? You know, that's a form of abuse.
0: Yeah, and and you're you're certainly not going to relax into the love. That's for sure. If you're in that state, right? As we begin to wrap up, I just want to ask: Is there anything else that we need to know, or that's really useful for us to know in this manifesting process?
1: Uh, Yes, that is. You know, you could be totally clear on what you want. You could talk to your soulmate every day. You can ever do all kinds of prayers and rituals and light candles and chant. But if you never leave your home, you're never going to meet anybody. Now, it's different right now, because lots of us can't leave our homes. But I've been telling people lately, now is the best time ever on planet Earth to meet somebody, because online dating is very available. And video chatting is very acceptable. And you can ask questions on a video date that you could never ask at a Starbucks. You know, we now have permission to do stuff we couldn't do before. Like if I were going on a video date today, the very first question I would ask is, well, who have you been in quarantine with? You know, now I'm gonna find out, oh, it's my ex-wife and my three kids, or it's my two best friends, or I'm all alone, you know? I mean, you get to ask, suddenly of information you wouldn't ask right away. And then you could say, well, what's been the hardest part for you? And you find out if they have any emotional intelligence, are they willing to share? You know, then you could say, well, what's been the best part? You know, and you can find out how are they spending their time. So I asked this of a friend the other day. He said, oh, I've been watching all the reruns of The Sopranos. <laughs> you know, I'm just enjoying that. So there are things that you can do online. And it's totally safe, right? If you don't like it, you just turn off the camera, right? You don't, mm-hmm. It's not like you're, you're physically at risk somewhere in public. So dating right now, like if I were single, I would be on three different dating apps. I would be working the process and doing lots of video chats to see who I can share information with. The one thing I'll tell you about about all of this is do not waste one precious moment of your life texting with strangers. The purpose of texting until you're in a committed relationship is I'm running five minutes late or I'm looking for a place to park. Any texting is a waste of time for many reasons. The biggest being is that some people are great and expressive on texting and they can't talk on the phone and they can't look you in the eye and they have no social skills whatsoever. So you could have hours of fun texting that's very flirty and then you discover that there's huge disappointment. So don't waste your time doing that.
0: Mm, I love that because that's definitely something that happens these days. People just text Endlessly, and yeah, it's, oh, right. And it's you're quite not exhausting. the only one they're
1: doing that with, by the way, you know, yeah, well, that's true, that's right.
0: I mean, the dating apps it can be quite overwhelming, so um, yeah, that, that's really, really great advice. Thank you so much for being here today, Ariel. Um, I, I so appreciate it. And um, if anyone would like to find out anything else about you, can you give us your website again?
1: Oh, yeah, just, just go to my website, soulmatesecret.com. Soulmatesecret.com. I'm also on Twitter at Ariel Ford. I'm on Instagram at Ariel Ford 44. I'm on Facebook slash soulmate secrets. I mean, I'm really, really easy to find online.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. And I'll put all the show notes at rebellove.com uh, slash Arielle. And thank you again for being here. This has been amazing. I'm sure we could talk for hours. So thank you all so right. much. You're welcome for listening to the rebel Love podcast the podcast about love sex relationships and money if you like this episode please support us by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform and find all the details of this episode and more at rebelove.com forward slash podcast